Hello and welcome to another episode of Sam Green Race Engineering. I'm Sean Smith and surprise, surprise, I'm joined by the namesake, the man, the Sam. How's it going, mate? Not bad, not bad. Yourself? Did you like the intro? That was um, entirely... That was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Um, Just a small stumble, but that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's almost as I've thought of it as I said it. Anyway. No, you couldn't, couldn't think of three things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, me and Sam here today and we're going to talk about the most boring issue in Formula One at the moment, the revolving issue, you might call it, of um, tyres. Did you like that one, Sam? That, I've run that yeah, one past it, you before. So it it's is like, exhausting when yeah. we talk about tyres. So we're going to talk, I'm we're going to get so it out of I'm so tired of it. Ha, 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 tired of it. Brilliant, mate. Uh, so, can we get all the puns out of the way now? That's the idea. You know, we don't want to be going round and round in circles. No. And, uh, <laughs> So, I know what you're like with your skid marks. Oh, so oh very good, very good. This can't be too long, this one. <laughs> We're going to lock that one up there. Right, <laughs> tyre talk. Formula One has tyres, as all motorsports do, basically. Um, and in 2019, there's been lots of debates about the current crop of Pirelli tyres. Today's discussion, um, we're going to be talking about the, two, the 2019 issues, the 21 uh, revisions that are going to come in along with a couple of the other series and some of the past um, tyre uh, formulas, that's a word, and we're going to sort of have a look at what we would like and what we think might work and yeah we're going to talk about tyres. So Sam, currently in 2019 um, there's been a lot of talk about tyres as we've already said. Yeah, um, so I'm sure you know this. You've heard this on Sky Sports and Channel Four and the other media areas. Just explain what is the uh, what's the main quandary, I suppose, of of the tyres so, and the moaning. Yeah, the main the main problem they have at the moment is something called degradation, um, which essentially is the way the tyre uh, well degrades basically. Um, so it will have this performance, and then that performance will dwindle over time based on the usage. Um, Essentially, what the tyres are at the moment is called high deg, um, which is high degradation, which obviously is fine, but once is the key problem. Yeah. So it, they don't last long enough for drivers to maintain uh, an attack, if that makes sense. Or if they get overtaken, they're pretty much powerless to come back at them, is often the case. Yes. Um, so that's been, and a bigger problem as well with 2019 tyres is the fact that the, what they call the gauge, which is the thickness of rubber um, on the tyre, has been lowered this year. That was, in principle, a good idea because it meant that the tyres would go off faster, we would see more two-stop races or three-stop races maybe. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, the way the teams have sort of engineered their cars and their race strategies to uh, pre try and preserve that tyre as long as they can so that they lose less time through the pit stops has led to them essentially not pushing as hard as possible and creating, quote-unquote, some boring races. Um, yeah. Or at least predictable ones, in terms of you can see the result coming through the through the tyre degradation. Yeah, so, I, should, I should say at this point, this isn't a dig at Pirelli. No. Pirelli have done exactly what the FIA have asked them to do. Absolutely. Um, it just hasn't worked as the FIA anticipated that it had, it's, uh, or it, would. Yeah, even. it's what Pirelli have been told to do after many years now, I think it's nearly a decade they've been doing the uh it, yeah, it's more or less, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's learning from there and learning from the 
sometimes the problems they've had with those yeah. with their tires, um, and that's where we've ended up with the, the these current 2019 specs. As we say, it's not it's not a Degu Pirelli at all. It's it's a it's a it's an unfortunate case of circumstance which has led to this. Yeah. So it's the this the spec yeah, of the tire absolutely. that is wrong, not necessarily what Pirelli is actually physically doing. They've no. done exactly what their brief was. It was the wrong avenue to go down, yeah, I think, for, for the FIA. It was. So, we're going to create, create we've, I sort of briefly mentioned it. So, in two years' time, 2021, uh, Formula One are going to have their big rules overhaul in terms of the aerodynamic performance of the cars. And with it, they say, are going to come some, they're going to get rid of the high deg, quote unquote, tyres in Formula One. Along with, we should mention, the introduction of 18 inch rims replacing i think the 13 inch ones they have at the moment uh 16 no they are uh, yeah it could be yeah, 13 exactly. actually i think they're still the same size as like a mini they say isn't it yeah they're yeah, probably not far off are they so it's, it's just yeah. a lot of tire essentially we're going, they're going to have normal sized um wheel rims yeah. now trying to make it slightly more applicable to what you would see on the road or more applicable to what they're trying to sell in the showrooms as well which yeah now sam for We've seen already some of the larger rim diameters in current series. We see it in the WEC. We see it in Formula E, of all things. Yeah. Um, just quickly explain the differences you'll see visually on the uh, on the two, two different tire sizes. Obviously, compared to these these current ones, compared to the the lower profile ones, we'll see in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the, from an aesthetic point of view. When you see the cars barreling into like the hairpin, uh, at maybe not at Monaco possibly, but somewhere like Monza where they're going into that turn one chicane, you're going to see a lot more brake glow, which I think is quite dramatic because obviously the brakes are more exposed with a bigger rim. Uh, you can't necessarily see that through the sidewall of a tyre. Uh, having said that, obviously they've got the cake pins, so I'm not sure how that will work, but we'll see. Uh, in terms of the aesthetics, it probably, realistically, when the cars are going, when the cars are actually driving, you won't tell that much difference. No. There'll be a bit more colour on the side of the car, I suppose, if they choose to use a coloured rim. If they use a black rim, it'll look more or less the same as it does now. Yeah. Um, arguably, slightly more difficult to tell the compounds apart, um, just because, obviously, there's quite a large area that is coloured at the moment that will have to get smaller because there's less tyre. Um, but equally, I think from the onboards, it'll be pretty obvious still um, yeah. what they're going to plan to do with that. I don't know, but yeah, I think it'll still be fine. Yeah, so the main difference... When the cars sorry. are static, it will look a bit more different. Yes, it will. Much like the Halo does, um, in terms of it's more obvious when it's staying still in a, st in a still image. Um, yes. These ones. Now, we should say with the, the gauge, which is the essentially the... Is that the right word? Yeah, the, the tie between the rim and the top of the tyre. The profile. Profile, that's the one, thank you. Um, gauge, of course, is the top bit of the tyre. Getting my nice confusing yeah. words there. Sorry, yes, the profile of the tyre, that will be significantly reduced, um, which means we, we will see on the super slow-mo shots of them going through chicanes and corners, you will not see tyre wobble when they... Uh... No, you won't see a lot less of that. Yeah, that's essentially that will stop the tyre compound being used as much as part of the suspension setup on the F1 cars, which they do use these days, they use the tire as a damper to yeah. soften the soften the uh, the suspension, allow movement for whatever reason they're doing it for. I'm not I'm not an aerodynamicist in F1. I can't quite tell you that one. Um, 
but but that will be significantly reduced, um, which will also obviously we reckon see a fairly sizable difference in this terms of the cast's design of the suspension geometries. Yeah. So I don't think the overall size is going to change really. Not really, no. Um, I think it'll just be a lower profile tire and a bigger rim. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the actual car itself probably won't look that much different. It's just going to be a bit more sort of relevant in terms of what Pirelli are trying to do with their road tyres, I suppose, apart from the fact that obviously that they're slicks. Um, but if you take that out of the equation, uh, it'll be interesting to see what sort of um, gauge, I mean, gauge, I think the best way to probably define it is if you think of the gauge as being like the tread depth on yes. your road tyres. If they get too low, that's when your tyres start to lose grip. Um, it's, it's more of a technical term that you'd use for slip tyres, so there's no tread to measure, really. Um, they have this gauge instead. We should, um, say, we should say the reason why a tyre becomes less uh, usable when the gauge comes down is because of the way the tyre conserves heat and is able to keep that operating temperature at the, the level the car wants through its um, tyre pressure and also <coughs> the, the amount of wear that it's done. The less gauge it has, the more the heat leaves the tyre, the more it breaks down, the more you, you push the tyre itself rather than have the, the chemical grip from the from the tyres of the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, so essentially when you see those brand new tyres coming out of the pit lane in Formula 1 and they're all shiny, that is the maximum. And then underneath that layer of rubber is obviously the canvas, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't really seen recently. No. But you used to see quite a lot. Um during the old Pirelli explodey moments, yes, uh, which was not a brilliant point in their F1 history. But they've resolved that now. You don't really see it unless the tyres get very, very warm. You're more likely to see it, um, I would imagine, probably on a wet set of tyres, where obviously you have got tread, but as the track dries up, that tread overheats, uh, and the tread blocks basically move around a little bit, and that's where they start to... That's why they're good at dispersing water, but they also generate too much heat, mm-hmm. and then you just shred the tyres. Uh, so if you're using a wet set of tyres on a dry track, you will have less grip than if you've got a slick. You want the maximum contact patch possible, yeah. which is why a slick is effective. As soon as there's a bit of moisture on the circuit, you need to disperse it so you've got that contact patch, uh, which is why we use treaded tyres on road cars because you can't be changing your tyres every time it rains, yeah. especially in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in with the best wheel in the world, the, you, it's going to take, it doesn't take on a road car 1.4 seconds to change your tyres, so with you the, need yeah. to be a bit more adaptable, which is sort of where the Formula E tyre comes in. Yes, so the Formula E tyre is especially designed tyre by Michelin, um, which as we know, if you're going to watch Formula Reno, is an all-weather tyre, which means it looks pretty much like a wet tyre when you're standing next to it. Um, it has what you might call um, nobbles or t- grooves. It has. It looks like a normal road-going tyre, more or less. And it is built, as the all-weather um, title indicates, it's built for dry, it's built for intermediate, it's built for wet. It's not perfect at any of them, but it's there to do the job. And equally, because it might not be about it all of them, but it's the same for everybody. Yes. So it doesn't necessarily matter if it's not perfect for everything, because you've only got one compound, so you've all got the same. Yes. It does mean that they don't have the 
um, the same levels of grip, obviously, that Pirelli and other F1 tyres will give you. Um, but equally, they're not doing the same sort of speeds. Precisely. It's a different different sort of circuits as well, isn't it, usually? Yes, absolutely. So it's completely it's a tyre completely designed for different um, purposes, different uh, different environments, essentially. And, um, and actually, the, the, the data that they've managed to, because obviously Michelin has been doing the tyres for Formula E since its inception, mm-hmm. um, and the I think they call it the Pilot Sport EV is the Formula E tyre. That's correct, uh, that's well remembered. <laughs> and the Pilot Sport Pro is a road tyre that you can buy for your road car. Yeah, so and pretty. this is where it becomes more applicable to sort of everyday usage yes. in the same way that Formula E is trying to make electric cars more exciting and more applicable and do the research to make them better, to make them for road cars. Um, Tyres are one of the things that you do see trickle down probably a bit quicker than a lot of other technology in motorsport does. Yeah, generally speaking, I mean, the only thing you really see in Formula One which trickles down to the road car is probably the hybrid systems. Which yeah, and to... even that, arguably, the one and the World Endurance Championship has done far more for hybrids yes, than Formula One. I would say so, but that's 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 not another conversation. Yeah. Um, so as we were saying, the the new tyres with their new lower uh, profile, that I reckon they'll be significantly harder in terms of their um, their rigidity, and that could actually make quite a big difference to the way they degrade. Because obviously, without the physical wobbling, I suppose you might call it, of the tyre when it's going through corners, when it's being lent on and it's uh, essentially tearing itself from on the road, by having a uh, a smaller profile, it could actually make tyres a bit more linear or a bit maybe a bit maybe faster full stop in in their degradation. Yeah, I think in pers- potentially initially. They would probably be quicker, but I think they're, yeah, linear is probably the best way to look at it. Is that they're not going to go off a cliff hmm. like the tyres do seem to now. Um, I mean, the the Vettel, the uh, no, the Stappen Leclerc, sorry, at Silverstone, mm-hmm. that was a fairly long battle between those two drivers. But if the tyres hadn't gone off, arguably they both could have pushed for a lot longer. Yeah, we should also say that's, that was an exception <laughs> rather than the, the general norm in Formula 1. Yeah. It's generally speaking that if uh, initially you'll have your first couple of laps of chaos, people will then go into their stint lengths, they'll push or not push depending on what their strategy is, and essentially the melt they're per- pressing the tyres, and whatever their strategy they're on, be it the compound they've selected or whatever, um, they'll either cruise up or get away from the the relevant driver um, behind them. Yeah, and so just for for anyone who doesn't quite get all the tyres, the softer a tyre is, the faster it is, but it then dies quicker. Yes, generally speaking. A harder compound offers less grip overall, but will last longer. Um, and obviously the medium in Formula 1 is smack bang in the middle of that. All in theory, so not always the case. In theory, yeah. <laughs> it, it's quite dependent on sort of track temperature and how much rubber there is on the circuit. And what the surface uh, is made out of. In terms well, of yeah, it could be quite an abrasive circuit, in which case actually you might want just a harder compound, could be quicker. Yeah, and sometimes it even depends um, which manufacturer made the uh, the asphalt, which uh, used to be a controversy yeah. back when Ferrari were on Bridgestones, and they had... Um, they had a shell doing help helping out with the with the um, 
with the ash out of the turkey. But um, that was a long time ago. Um, or on the flip side of that, uh, the Indianapolis Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. What year was it? 2005. You're talking about the six car grid. That's the one. Yes, we're going to get get onto this now. So, of course, with the the way that Pirelli have got to this end stage with the 2019 tyres, where they're called high deg, but they're I don't know if I know, really know how, to, how to call them. Are they? They are linear in terms of their drop off, more or less, aren't they? But they're not. They're sort yeah, of. They're sort it's of just sustained. that line if is very sustain, short. Yeah, if you sustain it, it can be pretty much linear, um, constant. Yeah. Um, whereas what drivers generally want and expect in racing cars tires is to have them be linear in their drop off, so they're fastest when they're first more or less out out of the block blocks, and then they gradually fade away and then you get some more tires and you get that um, that high of new of new rubber yeah that, that's the case in, in indycar right now with the firestones so but before then we can't but we can before that we're going to talk about the uh, when tires go wrong and that is you're talking about the michelins in 2005 at the u.s grand prix and you know famously with a jordan on the podium yeah and there was only six cars on the grid because that's all that was using the Bridgestone. Yep, that's right. Every, yeah, every so, single Michelin runner, which I wish there were 14 of them, had to do their sighting lap, pull into the pits, and retire, essentially. Yeah, they did not start. That was because they refused to put a, um, a chicane on the on the sort of bank section of the Indy Oval. Yeah, and essentially what that was is the tyre uh, or the track on the bank section was a lot more abrasive than it was on the rest of the road course. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also the forces cool. they're coming out, they're coming in at on that banking section because it obviously it's a fast, consistent right-hander. Yeah, um, the, essentially the Michelins were they they were quite so, they were softer than the Bridgestones back then. And this yeah, was, this so was, they were just being shredded. They were puncturing, yeah. and obviously at the speeds that those cars were going through that corner. That's a fairly major accident. Yeah, uh, which I think I think it was Ralph Schumacher had that crash in the Toyota. Yeah, yeah, um, he did. Yeah. Now we should also mention that back then that was the case when the tyres had to last you through qualifying and the race combined. Oh, sorry, second qualifying and the race combined. Um, and that's where the problem that last um, came up because essentially the Michelins just weren't able to cope with those particular stresses uh, in that particular circumstance. The, the rest of the season they were dominant. The Michelin tyres, but it just turned out that that particular track was the um, the bogey circuit, I suppose you might call it. Yeah. Um, and that back then that we that's that's back in the days when we used to see sort of canvassing blisters and that sort of thing coming from tyres. A few years later down the line, we then come to the the Formula One uh, sole tyre supplier, Pirelli, eventually coming in after Bridgestone, and we get to the 2013 British Grand Prix. Now this is this is memorable because it was actually quite fun. <laughs> what happened was is there's a lot of the back back in, in that year the tyres were like 2019 uh, built to be a bit faster de- degrading and um, I suppose therefore having more more variables and hopefully having more pit stops the problem yeah. was is that Pirelli did it they sort of overdid it and the way they, they had that construction it essentially the, the tyres would just build up their pressures and then let go there were a lot of other circumstances here in the sense that the 
It was also due to how how much P, how low the PSI was on the on the tyres. The team. Yeah, I said this, the blame wasn't totally at Pirelli's door no, here. It was it partly the teams as well, not running the, teams, the, the teams specified were also, PSIs. Yeah, they were also running the tyres the wrong way around. So the left-hand tyres were on the right-hand side, and vice versa, because they wanted to sort of get the reverse um, of the the wear essentially. And yeah. all, all those factors can, but they had like some minor punctures and whatever early in the season. But when it got to Silverstone, which had slightly more, it was a tiny difference, but it had a slightly more aggressive uh, curbing as well. And all, mm-hmm. the, all those factors combined meant that there were, I think, four or five blowouts. Um, I think the most famous one was probably Sergio Perez's in front of Fernando Alonso on the hangar straight. Yeah, and that could have been a really, really major accident. Yeah. Literally, you think you've got some very, very fast corners at Silverstone, yeah. and that probably won't have helped the tyres at all. No. Magus Beckett's, that section, is flat out, realistically. Um, just before you come on to... Uh, is it, uh, no, that is... No, Brooklyn's is the infield straight, isn't it? So, yeah, hangar straight is the no, one towards the end of the lap. You've got the Wellington straight is the other straight. That's it. That's the one. So, yes, we uh, so yeah, just before the Wellington Strait, which obviously that's you're going into that corner at Abbey final at the <laughs> I, end there. I can't remember. I, I, can't, I can't remember. All, all I remember is that Silverstone is is like one of the fastest average speed circuits in the world. Yes. Um, when I say circuits, obviously I'm not including ovals because they're not circuits; they're ovals. Um, I always think the Monza should be faster, <coughs> but apparently it's not. Um, anyway, but essentially through the the Beckett's S's, um, and then onto the hangar straight. Uh, that's where a lot of the problems were. You just saw blowouts of tyres as, as they, they they built up pressures through the corners and then let go. Um, and now what Pirelli did was they strengthened uh, the tyre the structure and they replaced the old steel belts in the tyres, which, you know, some people might think, what on earth is steel doing in a tyre? It's a generally used material of a, a tyre causes um, like a cake, I suppose. It's just layer upon layer of different. Yeah, it's just um, one of the one of the layers, isn't it? Just yeah. to give it a bit more rigidity, That's basically, right. at high speed. That's right. They replaced it with <coughs> they replaced it with Kevlar, and um, yeah. And then, generally speaking, we've not seen the those sort of blowouts ever again. No, um, it's been much. Obviously, there is still going to be tire blowouts because drivers push the limits and hitting the curbs and stuff. Yeah. No tires are going to be a hundred percent invincible. But yeah then the drivers shouldn't be curbing that curb or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I mean, they've been significantly better since then, um, since yeah. Pirelli fixed it, essentially. Pre- the Pirelli, they fixed it. Yeah, Pirelli came down quite hard on them. They, they, along with changing their tyres, which they were forced to do by the next Grand Prix, uh, they also started clamping down on tyre pressures, minimum tyre pressures, um, and I think also upper tyre pressures, but I'm not sure about that. Um, they also, and rotation as well. Yes, they and their sure rotation. The tyres are actually they're going on the right side yes, as well now they did that and essentially that's why we and they were just generally more conservative uh with their uh with with how the tires were being used more or less they, yeah they were a bit more conservative with the compound choices i think as well weren't they because mm-hmm. realistically up until that point they were going for the fastest tires available yes because again, after that's this they, were... they changed their mentality when they were choosing more compounds that would, would be available yeah and that again that was entirely dictated by the fia and f1 and how they wanted to spice up the show yeah and i understand that obviously you want the cars going as quickly as you possibly can mm-hmm. um but it has to be done for 70 laps without anyone getting injured yeah as well for the best for the most part mm. um and if the tires are blowing out because you're going 
too fast for them, then clearly there's something wrong there. Yeah, there you don't a... want to slow the cars down, so you've got to change the tyres. Yeah, there was a big problem at the, in that particular year in 2013 because obviously the, the next year we had the, the turbo hybrids come in, which everyone was really worried about having, oh, these cars have X amount more torque. Um, how long are these tyres going to last? And as it turned out, it was pretty fine. Um, yeah. Because Pirelli strengthened the tyres a bit more again. They did all the testing and what happened then is that we eventually got to the stage we are now where teams essentially don't push the tyre as much as they can due to a lot of factors to do with fuel, to do with um, the tyres, to do with a lot of a lot of areas of the sport. Um, it led to what we see now where teams run to a number and they they don't they don't have therefore suffer either the cliff, which we which I think we'll mention next, or mm. the um, or they, they they also don't have a, a linear de degradation on the tyre. They sort of just build it to a number. They feel it's starting to go and go, yep, okay, let's get some new tyres, carry on. And that's where it's led to the one-stops we see today. So, shall we talk about the cliff? The cliff? The cliff. Given an ominous name. The most ominous, yeah, the most ominous sounding name for what is... I mean, the first race was quite interesting. This was the... Yeah. These were the 2009... Bridgestones, I believe. Yeah. Now we need we're talking about the cliff. Obviously, you you hear about runners uh, and athletes talking about the wall mm -hmm. when they're doing a marathon. You hit the wall and then you got to push through it. It is slightly different. Slightly. Um, it, it essentially the cliff was you had fairly linear grip and it would degrade a bit and then all of a sudden you'd have nothing. Yeah. Which is brilliant for the sport. Which made it? it quite exciting, yes, but it's not ideal for a racing driver. You want that linear. You don't want to be surprised by the sudden loss of grip. Yeah. Was it 2000? Yeah, it was 2009. Because 2010, we got the, the brick tyres from Bridgestone, which, couldn't, yeah. which just didn't which wear was, out at all. If anything, too hard. Yeah. Um, so this is where... We, we, the reason we're discussing all these different tyre variations and how they worked is essentially because... F1's going to have to come to these 2021 rules um, and the new tyres, and they're going to need to decide how they want these tyres to act when uh, when the drivers push with these new cars. And I don't know, Sam, from from a I suppose from an engineer's point of view, it's different to what you might have as a uh, as a spectator's point of view um, in terms of what the tyres should do. I mean, every, everyone you speak to in Formula One is bored of tyre talk. But it makes a, yeah. a huge difference to the, to it the race. It does. It does. And I personally, as from an engineering point of view, you want the tyres to be predictable, hmm. which is obviously not what you you want. It fairly unpredictable when you're a spectator. But uh, from an engineer or a driver's point of view, even you want the tyres. You know they're going to degrade, obviously, over the course of a race. If you're not expecting to uh, do a two-stop for example, then you know that you should be able to get to more or less half distance on that set of tyres. You don't want to suddenly come into a rouge, for example, and realise, ah, my front tyres are gone. <laughs> That's going to be a bad moment. Um, but equally, uh, yeah, from a spectator's point of view, obviously we want it to be exciting, we want the cars to be really fast, and we want them to look like they're difficult to drive. Yes. I mean, I don't currently 
obviously I know I couldn't, but I look at a Formula One car and goes, the drivers make that look easy. Ninety-eight percent of the time, yeah, they look pretty easy to drive. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not saying I could do it, but I'd like to have a go. Mercedes <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, are listening. Uh, we got a willing volunteer. Yeah, if, just in case. Um, and it, it, like, I, mean, I know when you came down to watch some karting at uh, at Rye, Sean, yeah. one of your remarks was, "These guys are definitely traction limited." Mm-hmm. They were. All that means is they've got more power than they do grip. So they're coming into a corner all crossed up on the steering, but flat out trying to slide the cart through a corner. That's right. Obviously, that's not necessarily the quickest way to do it, but it is faster possibly than having to slow down and maintain grip. But it looks a lot more exciting. Yes, it does. And it's also, because it's more consistent, it means it relies more on the cars or the driver or the car and how they all work as a package rather than relying on what the rubber's going to do underneath you, whether it's going to just give you nothing or give you all the grip in the world. Yeah. Um, you want the tyres to work each circuit you go to. Yes. And that's where I'm going to do my my normal two-pence piece uh, induction for IndyCar's Firestone tyres, which... I've been watching IndyCar for six years now. I know you've sort of been watching a bit more recently. Yeah, I've been watching it most of this season. Yeah. Um, Firestone, but whereas F1, you always hear them moaning about the tyres, Firestone have the complete opposite in terms of how their their image is portrayed by the drivers and the teams and the sport. Firestone are given praise almost every other race um, for the consistent tyres with linear drop-off that you see from race to race to race. Essentially, you get you get a new set of tyres, you know you'll be faster than the people who don't have them. And you know that 10, yeah. 15 laps Assuming later, you're on the same compound, if you've got newer tyres, you're going to be well, faster. Well, not always. I mean, the blacks can, and the reds, can, as they call them in America, they can be slightly variation. But, generally speaking, it's a consistent fact that you will have faster tyres if you've had a pit stop. And you'll yeah. be able to catch up and potentially pass with the fresher rubber. And that makes, obviously, the strategy another element of it as well. Yeah. Now, IndyCar. Sorry, I was going to say IndyCar is also different because they have refueling still. Um, yes, obviously, yeah, there is that element of it as well. But equally, if you know you can come in, change your tyres, and definitely be faster, hmm. then it's sort of worth doing. It is. Whereas in Formula One, you'd maybe lose too much down the pit lane to make that strategy element actually worth it yeah whereas obviously a drive an indy car obviously refueling is a is a fairly major factor in their pit strategy yeah. whether they're pushing hard or conserving fuel or whatever it is they're doing they're kind of more driving to the tires i think at most circuits rather than they the fuel yeah generally speaking the fuel yeah generally, I don't know, generally speaking they'll run out of fuel before they run out of tires in indy car which went sorry it was a went yeah you talking about in India? Yeah, or yeah, or yeah, yeah, in India. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you've watched any of the overall races recently. Um, essentially, what you'll see in IndyCar is that the the field will come round on their tyres, and if someone's had a pit stop and just had their fresh boots, it'll normally take because they don't have tyre warmers in IndyCar. They have they'll have a lap to build up speed, and then after that, you'll see them go flying around the outside, um, which is relatively spectacular, and sometimes causing crashes, which is great. Um, and I'm always, I'm just wondering, if one has been talking about re- bringing refueling back to the sport, 
which will obviously have a huge difference on the design and the the stresses of a tire. Do we think? That, sorry. Do we think that um, it's? I don't know. Do you think that F1 needs that sort of a sort of copy paste job? Uh, personally, I'm against. I'm against refueling coming back. Yeah. Um, I think it's unnecessarily adding danger to an already dangerous pit lane. Um, it's also going to cost the teams a lot more money just to move the rig around. Um, but, I mean, it's, it obviously, if, we, if I put that to the back of my mind and say, okay, if refueling is coming back, just assuming it is mm-hmm. for the minute. Yes, it will. It will play a major factor on the strategy. Yeah. And then it's up to the FIA and Pirelli and the teams to decide: do they want the cars to be fuel limited or tire limited? Yeah. And that's interesting because if there, if if we have the current tires that we do in F1, and refueling comes back, say tomorrow, I, it wouldn't help because you're yeah you're still fuel limited. You're sorry, you're still tire limited. In that you can't yeah. pit, have more fuel, and push to catch up, because your tires are more wear out. Um, but if you bring it to the 2010 rules where they're brick tires, um, maybe not that. That's not, that's not a good example. Maybe bring it back to the if you had fire. Mm, what's talk about? No, let's talk about the brick tires. If you had the brick tires, where essentially you can run and run and run as long as you want, that means that if you're out in front, you're going to win, because your tyres aren't going to wear out. The people behind you, even though they've just had new tyres, they don't have so much of an advantage that they're going to catch you. It's a horrible, no. it's a horrible balance, is what we're trying to say. <laughs> it's a really, really difficult decision to come to. But I think if you're going down the road of a 70-lap race, I think you should make the car able to do 40 laps on fuel, Yep. but only 20 on tyres. I know. Yeah. And then you get two or three. That way, yeah, you don't necessarily have to fuel at every pit stop. You could come in and do a 1.5 second tire stop, or you could come in and do a 10 second fuel stop. Now, even with your tires as well. Even if we get rid of refueling, I think that that tire idea still holds water. In that, you know, having having tires that can last, you know, a half or two thirds of the race is it's too much, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree. I'd like, well, I'd like the medium or the hard compound to maybe be able to do half a race. Yeah, but be so. Much but the slower. soft, the soft compound to only be able to do a quarter. Yes. So there's that difference. There is a bigger difference between the compounds, and you've got to think, okay, well, do we go soft, hard, soft, or do we go soft, soft for the first half, try and build a gap, and then go onto the hard tire. Or do we just stick with hards yeah. and be consistent? And it's tricky to get... Again, that brings the strategy element into it. Um, I think that's the probably... That would be the easiest way to do it. Make the soft compound softer, make the hard compound harder. The problem is that that's sort of what they wanted from this year's tyres. Um, but the teams have worked out it is faster because of the... Yeah, it is just faster to... Run to run with a one stop, and still not push. Yeah, essentially. And that sort of brings me. This, you know, as much as I don't like Corinne Chandock, um, he did bring forward an idea which I think is worth worthy of discussion. Um, He mentioned how 
teams bring their three sets of um, tire compound, be it the hard, soft, and medium, or whatever it happens to be, um, and they bring them to the track, and they don't always use them. What is what do you think of the merit? It, uh, what do you think the merit is to the idea that you need to run all three sets of compound tire in the race, full stop? I think that's difficult because obviously, if it then rains, obviously you have to wash that out of yes, uh, the pump. Obviously, but uh, you'd have to get rid of that idea. Yes. But they have that anyway, I suppose, because if it rains, you don't have to use the soft and the harder pump. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, um, so say again. For a dry race, though, do you think the the idea would be interesting, or do you think the teams would just get round it the same way they do? With, I, mean, with I the think they would just work a way around it. I yeah. mean, you'd be for, you'd basically be mandating two pit stops instead of one. Yes. Then. The problem, I, th I think, the problem at the moment with the tyres that they all they all last so long, it wouldn't really make a difference. No, and I think realistically as well, if everybody has to do two pit stops, you're going to be in the same sort of boat at the moment as you are at the moment anyway, where you, everybody has to do a stop. Hmm. And so math and mathematically, they all end up sort of around the same time, which is basically. Which is fine because that means it's close racing, but it doesn't necessarily equate to that actually being close on track. Yeah, I think sort of throughout the race, you want drivers to be nose to tail for ten laps, and then one of them pits and maybe gets a bit of a of an advantage to be to begin with, and yeah. the other one reacts and they're back on each other's tail. You bring forward a good point, actually, because. Another problem with tyres, when you're running close together, is they wear out faster. It's the, the age-old yeah. edge. Because the the downforce is being taken away from your front wings, it means that you're relying on the grip from the tyre more rather than the... Uh, the yeah, so you'd essentially have less aero grip when you're following a car because you're in a slipstream, which yes. means you'll be quicker on the straights, but that's not where you're wearing the tyre. That's right. You're yeah. wearing the tyre through the corners, and you're going to have less grip. So you, right. you, in theory, have to slow down. Yes. Now that's going to be changed. If if matters are to be believed, that might change in 2021 when they bring in the uh, the Venturi effect, the the new ground effect the, era. Yeah, precisely that. Um, where they say they'll they'll have significantly less um, downforce lost compared to the current cars. I think I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah. But in theory. That could actually save a lot of the issues we have with tyres, and especially the Pirelli ones, which have the one, the once and done philosophy at the moment. If they're yes, if they're yeah. being saved aerodynamically when they're close together, I think that will actually save them a lot of pain essentially in the media. Because I, yeah, I would agree with that. If if they can make the tyre for that rule set, so the guys, the drivers can physically push yeah. for. 10, 15, 20 even. 20, that would be a long, long time to be pushing. Well, the Bridgestones, but... back in the tyre war days, Bridgestone would essentially have it. So, sorry, Michelin and Bridgestone would have basically opposite strategies. So the Michelin would be faster out the block and then wear out. The Bridgestone would be faster later on and they'd come yeah. back. And that, that was interesting. I don't Now, tyre war is a completely different discussion for another day. We've, I know everyone has different variations of what should or shouldn't happen with that. But... The tyres that, as a sole supplier, Pirelli, they could do that with their own tyres. They could have a, a soft which will actually be really fast, then drop off, and a medium which will be slow, then get faster, if they wanted to. You see it in um, the Aussie V8 Supercars, for example. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, equally, another way of potentially uh, doing it with a single manufacturer would would be to uh, yeah, just to reduce the grip on the cars. Yeah, and that's going to be. I think it's going to be interesting because if there's a point, if Pirelli have it, so the tires essentially don't make no difference to the race. They're just they won't run out. They won't run out of grip, um, and the cars become the the differentiating factor of how close you can run together, how fast you can go. If the tires were to run all race like the brick Bridgestones, could I mean that could work if the, if the new rules yeah. work the magic that they 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 say they might. They seem to promise to. Yeah, I mean theoretically, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. If the cars are able to run closer together for longer, then the tires should allow that as well. Yeah, in theory. If if the grip um, is being generated from the tire consistently, that's. That, then it'll be, it will make no difference. It won't make a difference if you're the first car or the fifth car in the line. You'll still be having that same, to an extent, the, the, the same forces going through your tyre. If the tyre's built to last, you should be fine, in theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it, I think realistically, Pirelli, before they could decide on anything going forward, need the 2021 regulations. Yes, they do. They need them absolutely stamped. They need yeah. to absolutely know the forces they're going to be dealing with um, and go from there. Now, as as we said at the beginning of this podcast, we are not slacking Pirelli whatsoever for what the, all the work they've done. They've invested millions and millions of pounds into Formula One. And for what, you know, <laughs> they're doing a fantastic job. They're doing the, what the teams and what the FIA have told them to do. Um, and we, can, we certainly can do any better. No, definitely um, not. And it's yeah, it, we we want, we want to be absolutely clear. We're not slag, slagging them off at all. It's a very dark art, and the, the engineers are literally there to try and make their lives more difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the the drivers basically uh, they they want the world, and they don't want to pay for it. Precisely, they want all of they the want speed, all of the grip, all of the time, with no drop off and no overheating. And be able to run an inch behind the car in front of them for yeah. 70 laps and they, then pop out and overtake. They essentially want a PlayStation game. They Yeah, they essentially want to play an, an arcade game. Yeah. And where there's no tyre big, they don't need to worry about what the temperatures are pressures. or anything like that. Yeah, they just want to drive out the pit lane, have perfect grip on cold tyres, and then, then warm up a little bit and it not make any difference. Precisely. And no pit stops. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also aerodynamics aren't real you just just cruise up and go past someone without the, um, yeah. the dirty air just, that doesn't, doesn't exist yeah you just get in the slipstream on the straight and pass you go yeah. although that's not that dissimilar to what actually kind of happens at the moment. <laughs> well, it depends about how far behind you are and how long you're there for but anyway and if it's in DRS so. yeah precisely uh, <laughs> but um, no I mean it's, it is really really difficult and I think Pirelli have done a very very good job and they can't make any decisions really until they've got those regs for the next gen yeah. of cars um which we hope so have soon so yeah which hopefully will be announced by the end of well they need to be announced by the end of this season realistically because the car teams need to start building their cars yeah um so i personally the avenue i'd like them to go down is maybe more differentiation between the compounds yep or arguably make them all slightly harder softer 
well, harder to last longer, so the drivers. Oh, yeah, push. depends. We, we sort of accidentally went down two avenues of having tyres that will last 25% of a race or whatever, or lasting the whole race and not. And not yeah. Yeah. Both, both work, just it depends on the, on the philosophy. Which yeah, is, I mean, um, it depends. It really depends on where you want to see your overtaking done as well, because there is, there is a, a certain sort of wry grin that I get when I see a driver and a team nail a strategy and gain a place from that. Yeah. I like that. I think it's very, very clever. It's a smart way of going about your racing. Equally, I love it when you see two drivers barreling into a corner completely side by side, <laughs> seeing who's going to break latest. I think that's really, really good. And the tyres should be able to manage that for a bit longer than they do at the moment. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, the, so when we say harder, you mean being able to actually last in a fight longer than they can, rather than yes, last a yeah. race, you mean? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm not necessarily saying get rid of pit stops no. because I think that's part of the strategy element of it, and that's where different teams have different ideas about what they want to do with their strategy and how hard they should push and when. And that's what makes it a team sport. I think if you got rid of that, it would just be the driver, definitely. Um, which is, would be a sad moment, I think. Um, <clears throat> well, you get you get the the um, what's that Formula E thing which uses AI? Robo race. Yes, that one. Yeah, well, that is sort of. See, yeah, I don't think they'll be doing pit stops. I think the race is too short. But right. um, I just mean the, the driver isn't a factor. It's just boring. Well, but, yeah, it would. Well, it'd be the opposite. If anything, it would be the only the driver. It wouldn't be the team at all. It wouldn't really matter if his car's quick enough. He can be at the front because, which is good. We yeah. kind of want that, but at the same time, it is a team sport. Yeah, no, I agree. Motorsport as a whole is a team sport. Everything has to click together and work in the same way it does in football or cricket or rugby or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I think it would. You want that element of being able to get past someone with a clever, clever strategy through the pit lane. Um, and there lies I, all the different variations and problems that everyone's had for years <laughs> of how best. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the problem. This yeah. is the problem with motorsport generally, is that there is so many different elements that want, that should make really good racing. But then obviously engineers find a way to make it not so, because they just want consistency. Yeah, the engineer basically wants the car to go out hit the same lap time 70 times and then come back. Yeah, faster than everyone else. Yeah, and just be slightly quicker than everybody else. <laughs> but equally, they're not that... F I personally, I'm not that fast if my driver's one-tenth faster or if he's a thousandth faster or if he's three seconds faster. Yeah, as faster. long as he's faster, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so there is that element of it as well. Of do you, Does he need to push? If the guy behind him is slower, there's no point. So was it Keki Rosberg, I think, said, I want to try and win this race at the slowest possible speed? He did, yes. Yes, he did. So Which that. is another factor. Get the car home without yeah. breaking it. I think basically what we're saying is good luck, Riley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do not want that job. No. That would be a... Well, I do want the job, Pirelli, if you're listening. <laughs> but I, I would not want to make that decision. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I think otherwise, I don't know if we have any other... I think I've, I've run out of list stuff on my list to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's... no, I think I, I think I've kind of covered it all, really. Yeah, so F1 and Pirelli, fix fix what's going on, but do it do it in the right way. And we're not sure, yeah. and we're not we're not entirely sure how to do it. We've got different options, <laughs> but fix it. If you want, essentially Pirelli, if you want any advice, just give me a shorter ring. Yeah, and we'll so it's what and we'll confuse what we're saying. You. Yeah, we'll confuse. Just listen to this, and then we'll repeat ourselves. <laughs> repeat as many times as you want, and um, you'll be none, none the wiser. 
but otherwise, um, we hope you enjoyed this uh, this tire talk. It was this um, kind of rant about tires. Yeah, so in a roundabout way, we're not where we are. So then, I think that's going to do it. Um, thank you very much for listening to Sam Green Race Engineering. Um, thank, thank you, you. to Sam. Yep, thank yep. you. And thank you to me. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>